passage of scripture that's found in Romans chapter 13, verse 7. And it says, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. And I'm not going to preach about taxes today. <clears throat> this service has been put together because... It's important for church to learn to give honor to whom honor is due. I've had the opportunity of, of being with Mark and Mel for the last nine years. I've known them for 13, I believe, when they started here. And the first thing I said to their parents today was, I want to thank you for raising your children in homes in such a way that provided them the opportunity that when God knocked on the door of their hearts that they were willing to say yes. You could have raised them with any number of different goals and desires, but you raised them in a home where when the Lord says, I have plans for you, they felt comfortable in the way they'd been raised saying yes. Thank you for that. There's a lot of celebration that's going on today as it relates to their life, but I want to thank you for the homes that they were raised in. Your students and staff have done a marvelous job this morning, and I want to just take just a few minutes as they have used so many of the gifts and the talents that you have instilled in them and practiced with them and taught them to demonstrate their appreciation to you for what you have done in their life and investing in them and how much it means. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to say today, I was running across some old notes in an old folder that I have, and as I was going through it, I came across a, a service that I got to do regularly back when I was the district youth director, and that was whenever a church would bring on a new youth pastor on staff, many times I would get called and I would have an installation service to install them into the ministry. I did not get a chance to do that with you 13 years ago, and now I'm uninstalling you. <laughs> but as I was going through those notes, I recognized that had I had the chance to install you into this ministry, many of the charges that I would have given you as you stood before me that day, you have fulfilled well in these last years. And so I want to just share with you the charges that I would have given you that you have lived well. The first charge is this. Commit yourself to being faithful to God as the one who has called you into his marvelous ministry. One of the things that many of you may not know is that when Pastor Mark and Mel were growing up, this was not their dream job. This was not what they had planned to do. In fact, Mark went into the area of education and became the tallest kindergarten teacher I've ever met. <laughs> Mel is unbelievably brilliant, has a scientific mind, and she felt as she was growing up that God was going to use her in medicine as a doctor. And so both of them were preparing for other stages of life and other things in life when God actually had brought them together, and I wanted to express to you, Mel, that I know that there may have been times in your life when you've sat back and you've wondered, what if? What if I had gone into medicine? What if I had done this? But here's what I need you to know, that God redirected you for a purpose far greater than medicine. I listened to the testimony. Don't look at me that way. I'm, I'll be okay if you don't look at me that way. I've listened to the testimony of a young lady that I know represents many young ladies here 
who have come to recognize that God has used your skills and abilities. And you may never have set a bone and you may never have given a shot, but what God has allowed you to do is become a doctor to their soul. And you have brought healing to people that desperately needed it. And God had a far higher calling for you than to one day wear a white coat because someday he's going to give you a white robe because of the plans that he has for you. And Mark, I'll never forget the first missions trip that we went on when we were together in Haiti. And I had come out of being the district youth director and I was used to having kids follow me all around and we were in this little dance contest and all of the little kids from Haiti came running over to you and I'm standing there and one little girl looks at me as I'm trying to dance and she goes no 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 <laughs> and she said you can't dance like Big Bird <laughs> and I recognized in that moment that those days have passed me by I appreciate your heart that when God redirected your steps, you did not choose to let your education settle there, but you gave it everything that you had and continued to study to become an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God. We have had staff meetings on most Monday mornings, and I can tell you that one of the great joys of my life is we have had among our staff many, many, many great theological discussions in those hours. We've sat there and we've talked about theology, we've talked about culture, we've talked about Pentecost and how do we as ministers rightly handle the truth of the gospel in the situations that we face in leadership. I have loved watching you grow in confidence. I've loved watching your preaching gift and your ability to communicate the gospel just take off and that your natural skills and your natural giftings immersed in prayer became something that was fun to watch as you begin to wrestle with a text so that you could study to show yourself approved. Thank you for not getting nervous even when the district superintendent shows up for church just to listen to you preach. Because of your giftings together, I have seen you both minister effectively to children and to youth and to college and career age as well as to the whole congregation. You're learners. You're lifelong learners and you're never satisfied and I thank you for that because because of that, you will constantly challenge yourself as God moves you forward into new avenues of ministry. Without a doubt, you have fulfilled the commitment of being faithful to God as the one who has called you into his marvelous ministry. The second charge that I would have given you had I had the opportunity to install you as the youth pastor is to remain loyal to your senior pastor, helping them in ministry, encouraging them, partnering with them to fulfill the call of God in the church and community. I have described the role to many different people of what is it like to be an assistant pastor, and it's in many cases like being the saucer underneath the cup. There's much of what I get to do that has been supported so strongly by those I get to work with, and in many cases what begins to flow out of the top when I become overwhelmed lands onto those who are the saucers, and they pick it up and they begin to carry with me the vision of the heart of the ministry. Many of you who have been here a while, you know that, I, and I've said it often, I as a leader like to surround myself with very talented people who are different than me and provide them an atmosphere where they can thrive at what they're good at. This is not going to come as a surprise to most of you, but Pastor Mark and I are very different. <laughs> Your level of artistry and creativity. I've, I've often used the term, it's off the charts. I don't know that I have ever seen in a human being that I have met such a combination of creativity and artistry that you have. You're a natural assessor. 
There's so many times as we're talking about how we can do things better that Mark has seen something or heard something and he brings those things together. For those of you that may not know him well, you'll also discover he's opinionated. (laughs) There's a confidence in you that I love because you've never been in a situation and I have asked you to be in many and I have had the opportunity to sit with you in executive presbyters meetings when your peers who are under 40 and credentialed chose you to sit on that very important body. And even in those meetings, you were never hesitant to feel, to share how you felt about something or what you saw about something. But there's some ways that I don't fully get you. I remember one Christmas time that I came in and we literally had had a a set that was built and there was a highlight, an outline of a town and there were hundreds of Christmas lights along the top of it. And I remember coming in and, and Mark was climbing up a ladder and he would move one and he would staple it and he'd get off the ladder and then he'd run back to the back and he would, he would look at all of those and he'd shake his head and he'd move the ladder and he'd run and it wasn't until hundreds of lights stood perfectly straight that he goes, okay, that looks good. I'm satisfied with that. Yet, this is the same guy that I could rarely get to clean his office. I don't get it. I have watched with a great sense of personal pride as your leadership gifts were recognized and utilized on a larger stage in network ministry, in camps, in conventions, in retreats, and as a guest speaker at other events. I enjoyed getting those calls when people would call and say, hey, can I, can I invite Pastor Mark to come and speak at our event? And I would say, you're not going to get anybody better. What many people don't know here is that this transition almost happened about a year and a half ago when I was contacted whether or not I would allow him to be considered as the next district youth director, and we thought then, oh no. But God gave us a little bit more time. We have walked through a lot of happy places together. Your tenure in, number one, we've only had three youth pastors in 33 years at Grace Assembly. That doesn't happen. That, that just doesn't happen. That's kind of the people that you are, that when people come here, they don't want to leave. They feel at home. But through those years, Pastor Mark and I have had a lot of times, and we have laughed so hard at some of you sometimes <laughs> that our ribs literally hurt. We do a really good imitation of some of you, but that will never, <laughs> never make it public. I remember a few years ago when Mel said, even though she was late in pregnancy, that she wanted to go to National Fine Arts Festival. And I remember t- telling her, I, I don't think this is a good idea. And she goes, no, I know my body. I, I am never early. How was I going to argue with that? I remember standing in the registration line, Cindy and I are making our way, and we're getting close to the front when the phone rings. It's Mark going, uh, uh-oh. I think Mel's in labor, and run upstairs, and and she had this look on her face like, go ahead and say it, just just tell me I told you so, and and I remember thinking, no, now's the time to celebrate. I'm sorry, grandparents, but Cindy and I got to hold the baby first. (laughs) I remember holding JoJo in my arms in that hospital. 
remember praying for her. We dedicated her a lot of times before she ever made it home. I remember running out and buying diapers and everything else because we didn't expect her then. <laughs> Little did we know that that wasn't the last prize that she would give us. We've had a lot of highs together. Maybe some of the most difficult days of my life were sitting with you. Trying to answer questions that we had no answers to when at seven months old the Lord said, I'm just going to bring her home. And the hours that we would spend weeping together trying to make sense of something. And I'm so thankful today that we still celebrate the Freeman Five. What I want you to know today is that there's coming a day and a reunion is going to be greater than the goodbye, where God is going to restore and renew everything that you feel that you have missed as a mother and everything that you feel that you have missed as a father. And for all of the sisters and the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles and the cousins, the reunion is going to be spectacular. But it's through these life events that we learned a lot about each other. And Cindy and I have marveled at your resiliency as you were able to care for people in a pastoral role while still recovering from great grief. And through it all, one of the things that I have grown to love and value about you and Mel is that there was never a single moment of the day when I felt that you were not fully committed to me as your leader into this church. I never, ever worried about what would be said or what would be done because I knew your heartbeat for this congregation and I knew your love for me. And for that, I thank you. It makes this goodbye harder. If you had really been bad, it would have been easy. <laughs> As a result of your loyalty and faithfulness, we find ourselves in a great season of harvest here at Grace Assembly. And that doesn't happen in places that are not healthy or have a team that's all pulling together in the same way. The third charge that I would have given to you that day would have been to love these youth and invest yourselves in them, doing everything possible to win them to Jesus Christ and to disciple them to maturity. Fine Arts Festival has become one of the tools that you have used to disciple our students to help them develop a sense of unity and teamwork, and you have developed a national reputation for excellence. In fact, one of the joys for Cindy and I is that when we go to general council, I don't know if you know this or not, but when they start naming the names of the churches that have had National Merit Award winners or those that make the top ten in certain categories nationally, Grace Assembly of Syracuse gets mentioned so often I've had people come up and say, how many thousands of people attend your church? <laughs> and I'll say, oh, boy, you know, we didn't count last Sunday. <laughs> I... I don't even know how to answer those questions. I do remember a time, and I, I feel guilty for this. I don't know if any of your students will remember, but I went with you to Ohio because you needed an extra leader, and I still really wanted to be involved in youth ministry. That broke it, by the way, after that. Uh, and I remember that one of, our, one of our groups had received a perfect score, and you knew it. And so when you get a perfect score, you've got to be in first place. I mean, who does better than a perfect score? And so I'm sitting there with the students, and I'm getting ready to launch myself and cheer as we're announced as the National Merit Award winner, and we got second place. And I remember... And I felt such conviction 
because everything that I had tried to teach the students about, it's not the score that matters. It just went right down the toilet. And so I had to try to apologize and let them know that their worth was not a score or we should have won. Thank you for letting your staff into your life. That was powerful when to see some of the former staff get up and start to kneel. You've opened the borders of your life, and you've done it well. I was saying, I, I don't know if you know this, but they personally have kept some pizza and wing shops in business. <laughs> because the staff is so accustomed. Nobody even knocks on their door anymore, I discovered. They just walk in and sit around the table and in the kitchen, but you've let them in, and as a result of that, they couldn't wait to honor you today. I want to thank you for letting them in to watch your marriage as well. One of the things that I love about youth ministry is that for most students, the youth pastor and his wife become a model for what good marriage can look like. I've had girls come to me and say, man, I hope I can find somebody like Pastor Mark, and I've had Guy said to me, man, I hope I can find somebody like Mel that, because they've demonstrated what godly, healthy marriage looks like in the best of times and in the worst of times. You've not been afraid to sit down and say, man, here's what it's like to try to join two lives that are different and go in the same direction together and, and counseled well and all of that. And you have managed to do that so well that it's qualified you for greater leadership. You've lived a life also in the ministry that has demonstrated to other students that it might just be worthwhile to give my life to the ministry as well. I, I always get disappointed when I hear people stand and say, boy, if there's anything else you can do besides the ministry, go and do it because this, it's a terrible life. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Thank you for living in such a way that elevates those that want to have a call into the ministry to say, yes, I'll pursue the Lord and yes, I'll give my life in sacrifice because the way you have lived it before them. Thank you that you took the ministry not as a job, but as a calling. Thank you for taking it seriously. Thank you for your work ethic. Also, thank you for being available because what most people in here don't know is that most of the calls that we get to spend the most amount of time with people do not come between 9 and 5. They come after 11 at night. And the number of times that I know that you have had to get up and go and rescue a student from something or talk to them through the phone when there's, their world is in crisis. The number of hours that you have spent doing that, there's no doubt in my mind that you have loved these youth so much that when the opportunity for greater leadership came and Dwayne Durst came and sat down with me and told me that he wanted to make you the communications director for our network, that you said to him, I will only consider this if you will allow me to finish the school year with these students so that I can finish well. That doesn't happen very often. That's how much Mark and Mel love this church and you students. And so today, we honor you, Pastor Mark and Pastor Mel. <laughs> it is a dual honor. You have handled the faithfulness to the call of God well. You have handled loyalty to Cindy and I in this church well. You have loved and discipled these students well. And as this chapter of your ministry comes to a close, I want you to remember it well, for these students will never forget you. 
you will be their youth pastor forever because of the spiritual life that you have begun, that you have built into them. So Pastor Mark and Mel, well done. Well done.